millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready to look ahead to Saturday's home game with Blackpool are Mr. Tom Willing. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, Happy had a, Valentine's Day everyone. And to you. Have, have you had Thanks. a good one so far? Yes, yeah, been nice, yeah. Yeah, you got something special planned for Amy when you get home? No. No, okay. <laughs> no. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, sorry, sorry Amy. Sorry to hear that. Someone who did have something special planned mm. for me and Tom was Nathan Miller. You bought us cupcakes on uh, this Valentine's I'll Day. I try. I try my best. Yeah. Mm. Some, sometimes, most of the time, it isn't good enough. But tonight, nope. I'm going to say it probably <laughs> probably has been. Um, back from your one-game ban for swearing yep. on last week's big match preview. Um, uh, have you learned your lesson? Yes. Yes, he says that now. <laughs> I'm finding myself thinking yeah. about things a lot more now, and I never I used to. Yeah. No, yeah. I'll never do it. I've... Look, I've Done, I'm going to donate to that beats. I bought your cakes. I don't know what else I can do, you know? Yeah, you, you could not swear live on Charlton Live, <laughs> as we've uh, spoken about so many times. Right, on tonight's show, it's a packed one. Looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Blackpool. We're going to start off by talking about uh, Lee Bayer's uh, hopes of signing a free agent, which were soon squashed unfortunately we're also going to hear him talking about uh, the player contract situation and his own contract situation we're going to hear from Lyle Taylor another man who's coming off the uh, the back of a ban uh, we're going to hear from him as he finally gets back to playing we're also going to hear from Steve Avery it's Academy Day here at the Valley on Saturday so I spoke to the Charlton Academy boss to find out what's planned for Saturday and uh, all the good work that the Academy uh, does we're going to hear from goalkeeper Dylan Phillips he signed a new contract at the back end of last week uh, so we're going to hear from him then we're going to start to look ahead of course to the game with Blackpool we haven't got a journalist from Blackpool uh, this week because they've actually been pretty busy uh, we'll talk about you, uh, about why that is with their court case later on in the show but we will of course hear again from Lee Bayer who's going to give us all the latest uh, team news and whatnot ahead of the home game with Blackpool here on Saturday but first things first just before um this is a very short bit of audio from Lee Bowyer. Now, obviously, uh, we've been talking sort of last week about how we were hoping that Charlton, the club, might be able to sign a free agent to try and bolster our forward line. Now, Richard Cordley from the South London Press reported on, I think it was on Monday, that Bowyer was saying that he cannot. He's been told by Roland Duchatelet he cannot. He was asked about it again today in Press Day. And like I say, it's very short, but this is all he had to say. Uh, no, all, all I can say is that we asked if we could bring Joe in um, and he said, no, we can't bring anybody. So, that's it. So, okay, I told you it was short. He, uh, he really didn't have, uh, have much to say on the point. It was short and to the point. Roland has said that we're not allowed to sign a striker. Now, Tom, are you, are you shocked? Are you shaken to your very core? Yeah. Yeah, massive shock, that. Um, I think what is a... A surprise, perhaps, is that he's come out and, and had said it, uh, you know, as clearly as he has. Um, obviously not there, but in the quotes that Rich um, mentioned, and was it on Monday or Tuesday? Um, I don't think we are surprised. Obviously, the you know, the management team as a whole wanted to get a player in, both at the end of January and then through the free agent market. Um, and I think if we're being honest, we all knew that if it wasn't going to work out, Roland would be at least partially to blame. But we've all said in recent weeks that Boya seems more frustrated with how things have gone recently. Um, I think he's tried to avoid, on the whole, avoid the you know the, the state of the ownership. When he was asked a lot about the takeover at times, he's kind of ignored it and just let that happen in the background and focused on the pitch. So I think the fact he's come out and actually fronted up and said, look, this is the call we had. This is what we've been told. This has come from the top. I think it's quite a big statement to make um, and as I say shows his how annoyed he is at the situation um, and as fans we've said how close we are to to being sort of pushing for that top two and I really think a striker would have helped that cause and, and it's not happened and 
yeah, I don't think he's just doing it to point the blame or to cover himself if we do go on a little bad run. I think he's done it because he's he's annoyed uh, and rightly so. And Nathan, I mean, we, we heard what he said in press day. He didn't say a great deal today. And obviously he came out on, on Monday and, and told Richard Corley that he'd spoken, or was, I think he'd said that Steve Gallen had spoken to to Roland Duchatelet, who told him that basically it's a no. So, I mean, as, as Tom was saying, it's an unusual move to, to hear that. But by the, the fact he's not saying a great deal about it today in particular, I mean, do you think that shows that he is a little bit frustrated about it, but he knows it's really, you know, it is what it is. It's one of those things that he, he's had to say all throughout his managerial career so far. Yeah, Um yeah, I think he's. You can tell that he's frustrated, and I think um, he probably sounds as as much as all of us fans do, just frustrated. But like Tom said, it's no surprise. Um, and each, I think, to me, it just it just proves that you know Roland doesn't hasn't really got his finger on the pulse, has he? Because I think Igor, you see, I think he's, didn't he say it's because we had three strikers already or something? Yeah. Which okay, one is Taylor, which he's a couple of bookings away from missing two games. Igor's probably two, three, four games away of being match fit, and Josh Parker's just come in the building. So you'd think, well, you know, he might need a bit of help here, um, get promoted, and um, obviously boost our chances of going up. But obviously not. So, um, but yeah, you can tell Bo's um, is frustrated, and I agree with Tom. It was surprised that he did come out and say, you know, we did ask. But, you know, that's what Bose is like. He's honest. And I think that's what everyone likes about Bose. I don't think any of us are overly shocked by (laughs) by what we heard. But, I mean, again, and we probably probably had to have this conversation so many times, but... Why Why does Roland not think about the long-term implications of not signing a striker that could really help our promotion push rather than just keeping it as it is? With, with a, I mean, he, he, obviously Roland's no expert, but most of us are looking at the fact that we've lost Carlin Grant and we're now replacing him with Igor, who's only half fit, and, and Josh Parker, who, you know, he actually looked all right on Saturday, to be fair to him, but he hasn't got the goal-scoring record throughout his career that Carlin has and provided for us so far this season. Why, why doesn't he think... Logically, like that, a normal person. That's the the million dollar question, and you say he's not an expert, and I don't. I think it's proven he's not an expert in running a football club, despite the fact he's run enough of them. But he he has been an expert in in running businesses. You know, he's a very successful businessman. He's made a lot of money. You you would think you don't do that by making stupid short term decisions. You look at the overall strategy. Um, Tell said on Sunday's show, you know, trying to associate logic with any of the decisions he makes at the moment is kind of a futile exercise. The only thing I can think of, and this is really playing devil's advocate because I don't agree with it, but if he's wanting to sell the club, maybe it really is just cost-cutting and he just wants those short-term fixes, whatever, mm. because it's going to slightly help balance the books. And he's so fixated on that that he's not looking that, long-term at all. Clearly that doesn't remotely fit in with the fact that every month he's here costing exactly. money and the longer he keeps his selling yeah. price unachievable then the, the more money he's going to spend yeah. anyway so logically so, it does yeah. it still doesn't work but that's that's the only thing i can think he's thinking but as we all said if we'd have brought a striker in for x amount and got promoted and the club value jumps up by you know far more than that then you become a far more attractive proposition to someone so mm. bizarre mm. absolutely bizarre on but val- in keeping on valentine's day as well he's not become an attractive proposition to anyone george burkett tweets in do you think boya will ever get sick and tired of the unreasonable restraints he is working under and leave us to try and further his career as a manager um I don't know, it's a good question. I, I can't, I wouldn't say so because he knew the sort of coup when he joined. Um, not, obviously, I'm not saying he's getting, he's got more frustrated as time's gone on. Um, but I don't, I think Bo's quite um, a loyal person. I think he knows he's done a good job. I think we all think he's done a good job. And if he can manage in this sort of environment, imagine what sort of, how he'd flourish with another owner. So, um, I think he'd stay, but uh, but you never know, do you? I mean, mm. anything can hit the fan and it could all go wrong, but I can't see it, but it's a good question. Yeah, though. Vital Charlton saying, I thought Nathan had a free show banned, the naughty boy, but uh, glad, to, glad to see you back after one. Martin saying that you bribed us with the cupcakes that you bought in, so they do look quite nice. Yeah, and, Cheers, uh, Mark. Thanks, mate. Uh, treat. Yeah, me and Tom are very easily won over cheap dates here. Uh, if anyone wants to send in anything, any, any other... Valentine's Day presents to us, feel free to do so. Right, um, Lee Bowyer, of course, not only talking about the fact he couldn't get a free agent signed up earlier on during the week, he was also talk- he was also brought up the fact that he still himself
himself is coming out of contract. So he was asked about that today at press day. Um, but first of all, Bayer wants to concentrate more on the fact that there's players who are important to his squad that are also coming out of contract at the end of this season. We're working at the moment on trying to secure the younger lads their contracts um, because they are the future of the club. Um, then the further we get along the line, once we secure them, then maybe we'll start looking at some of the senior ones, see where they are with their contracts and, and if we want to extend them. And then mine will probably be lost. So I, I think um, the players for the club is more important than, than myself at the moment. Can you see yourself staying here? Obviously, the stuff is quite high level there. Can you see yourself oh. staying here? Or? Can I see myself on? Staying here longer than the current contract? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't see why not. Um, I think we've done a, a good job, I think. We've... It's been hard at times. Um, especially this, this window just gone. It's been difficult, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, um, I think I've earned another contract. There's Lee Bowyer. Um, chatting about the, the contract situation now, you know, I mean, it will be a worry to Charlton fans that Lee Bayer's contract is up at the end of this season. Now, it's it's interesting actually the way I'm not sure who the journalist was there framing the question at the end. He he was asking, you know, do you think you'll stay under the? It sounded like he was trying to ask it as if you know because you might be tempted elsewhere because your stock is quite high. But Bayer answered it as if he was being asked if he'd done a good enough job to stay. I think Bayer's obviously a, a little bit. Um, he's a little bit quiet about how well he's doing actually and maybe maybe would be surprised to be offered jobs elsewhere but that's what Charlton fans will worry about because he's a young and up and coming manager like Carl Robinson was about 50 years ago and but he's doing he's doing well and Charlton fans will be worried that if we don't tie him down to a contract he, he might might well be offered a job at a better club than us or a club that's not as that crazy as us <laughs> I nearly did a Nathan there yeah um no, it's a, it's a valid concern um, because, again, it's it's the first time in a while where everyone's, you know, enjoying the way we're playing, you know, how we're, how we're doing. and uh, But in terms of Roland saving, you know, Bowyer till last, I, I, I suppose all the other youth... And I agree with what Bowyer's saying by getting the players done first because they're the ones that the value's going to go up and everything. But surely it's possible for but... these things to run concurrently. I mean, why, why, why does that well, have to be an ordering? Well, I mean, who's even doing it anyway? Well, you'd think any, anything coming in, uh, running, being run in order and properly uh, here is a bit far-fetched. Uh, so they must be... Roland must like doing one thing at a time. <laughs> one contract at a time, please. Yeah. It's a bit too much otherwise, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, do you think there is a genuine worry that he could leave at the end of this season if if we don't tie him down? Do you think a, a club in the Championship will, will think, we well, tell you what, that Lee Bayer's done a, a really good job at Charlton? I think it'll be interesting if we don't go up, what happens to him. I think if we go up, he would get a contract. He would want to stay because he'd want to prove himself at that level. Um, so I think if that happens, I, f- I suspect we're probably likely to keep hold of him. I think also if a takeover happens, it'd be one of the rare occasions where they keep hold of a manager as well. Um, but I think if we stay in this league, I, I'm not so sure. Um, obviously, he's made his feelings clear in terms of wanting to stay. But it's a difficult one because at the moment, as we just spoke about with um, the decision not to bring a striker in, Roland doesn't do, seem to be planning anything long term. The fact we got deals under a contract was a miracle in itself. So... Yeah, it's uh, it would be a worry if we stay in this league, but I think if we go up, I would expect him to be offered something. It would then be whether he takes it and whether they offer him five quid a week or whether they actually offer him something legit, legitimate mm. and worthwhile. Yeah, hopefully uh, we won't have to worry about that. Um, obviously, Lee Bowyer clearly concerned about the, the player contract situation. There's an interesting tweet from Tariq Fosu yesterday, last night. I don't mm. know if you saw it. I mean, he didn't really say much. It, it just seemed to say some, like It had a... A, a clock on it and a, and a and contract, a little notepad. Little yeah. notepad. Obviously, um, I mean, because there was some comments from Bayer in the in the South London Press website yesterday about how Tariq obviously hasn't hit the heights, and he spoke about it after last Saturday's game as well. So, I mean, that's an interesting one with that contract. I mean, don't really know what's going on with that, but Tariq is out of out of out of a deal at the end of this season. It would be strange if he were to not be offered a contract. I mean. But obviously, he hasn't hit the heights this season. So who knows how how that's going? Actually, that that uh, sort of negotiation. 
Yeah, I think um, they've obviously privatised uh, in terms of value who they're going to get on first. But yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Um, but we've got can't forget as well that you know the, the players out of contract. You know they've got lives to lead. And they've got mortgages to pay, and you know they want some security as well. So if, if that was what T said yesterday, I don't know, but. I didn't see it, but yeah, you'd think I'd be very. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'll be very shocked if we don't offer him a contract. We all know he's not been at his best, and I've been probably one of his critics this year. I must admit, but we all know what he can do on his day, and I still think mm. he definitely deserves a contract. Life is full of lessons, is what his uh, mm. tweet said, along with an egg timer and the and the little notepad. So strange to see what's going on there. Right, as we mentioned earlier on the show, Nathan isn't the only one coming back from a suspension for awful behaviour uh, this week. Lyle Taylor. Uh, obviously, he's been out for three games ever since that that match with Accrington Stanley, where he was sent off for a little kick on the, uh, the the goalkeeper. Finally, back that three games has felt like forever for us, oh, yeah. and uh, also for him as well. And he said he's pleased to be finally getting back out there this Saturday. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been longer than it has, and obviously the results haven't been favourable. Um, so it makes it a little bit more. It makes it a little bit harder um, to to sit and watch what's going on, but. Hopefully now, um, there's a few of us back. I think Pat's back now. Uh, hopefully Rebo, hopefully Piercy in the next God knows how long. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm thinking we'll be back to full strength or as near as possible to that. Um, and we'll be able to pick up the results we need. How frustrating is it like having to watch them afar? Especially what happened with Carlin going and those two games and stuff like that. It was difficult enough to watch it, you know, from our point of view and the fans because the frustration but knowing obviously how much you care and how much difference you can make out there it must have been difficult to not be able to do anything about it yeah it's tough um, but I have to learn my lesson from it now um, and let it be a lesson to everyone else in the squad as well uh, we're, we're light in in forward areas um, lighter than we need necessarily be um, and, and I'll take the I'll hold my hands up and take the blame for that because at the end of the day it was my actions. I, I, I can't I can't expect anything from the FA because we know what they're like. So mm. I have to take the responsibility for what's happened and do my best now that I'm back to, to drive the team on because we need the results. And hopefully with a few of us back who weren't available at the weekend, we'd be able to pick up better results. Of course, up there with you, we've got different options now than we had with Igor being back and Josh Parker obviously joining. Um, so is that something sort of fresh for you to look forward to, new partnerships and, and, and trying things out, I guess? Yeah, it is. It's going to be different. Um, but nobody ever said different was bad. So let's hope that the partnerships from now until the end of the season can uh, yield as many goals as the partnership did before. Um, different bodies, different faces, different names, but I don't see why we can't do the same job. Obviously, we're in front of our home crowd again Saturday. That makes a big difference, isn't it? You're looking forward, to, particularly to your first game back being in front of our own fans. Yeah, yeah, it makes a big difference. Um, hopefully, we can start well first five minutes and, and get them all on our side, and, and that way it will it'll make for a really good atmosphere and, and hopefully three points at the end of it. I was watching you out there playing those games, and this, uh, this seems like a good spirit, didn't it? Obviously, it was frustrating Saturday, but. It's all about keeping going, isn't it, and keeping our position in that top six. And obviously, it's still within touching distance, that top two. So that spirit's going to be important, isn't it? It will be. It will be. And I think that was the whole reason the staff put that, that session on this morning, was that we need to not be down in the dumps. OK, results haven't gone necessarily the way we wanted them to go. But we can now do everything we can to, to put it right and, and gain the points that we need. Um, and I think the whole point of that session this morning is to just say, look, Okay, fine, it's not been great the last week, two weeks, but we can be better, we will be better, and we're still the same good players that have taken teams apart. So let's just get back to that. Let's have a bit of fun, let's take the pressure off, let's let's forget what happened at the weekend because we can't do anything about it now, and let's go and and do right by, by next Saturday. Near post, good delivery. It's flicked on by Grant. No goal. Yes. And now Taylor got the final touch. I think he's going to claim it. Absolutely. Bolton his header deflected back off the post. And Lyle Taylor got a little flick. And Chan have the lead after 25 minutes.
So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Just heard there from Lyle Taylor who's finally making his uh, return from suspension. Uh, he's got five games to see out basically without getting booked twice. Because uh, if he goes up to ten bookings, he'll get a two-game suspension. But there's a, a sort of amnesty in five games time. So we just got to hope he doesn't get it. Nathan, you've been you've been picking that if he has to. Mm. If he has to be suspended, you've been picking which games you which games you wanted yeah. to miss. If if he has to, hopefully he doesn't. If he gets booked in the Wimbledon game, and then at home against Pompey, it will mean he'll miss the Burton home and the Bristol away. I just don't want him missing that Pompey game. Luton's far gone. That's he'll be all right for that. That's right at the end. So as long as he doesn't miss that Pompey home game and Donny away, that's the main two for me. Well, we're lucky Jordan Dix has been crunching the numbers for us. He says a four on Taylor's potential bookings. He's averaged a booking every three and a half games so far. So effectively safe by the time it gets cleared in five games. We've got this. So yeah, Jordan's done the maths for us. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll be right. Right, Saturday here at the Valley is Academy Day. Um, obviously, the Academy does some great work. We've had so many big names that have come through the clubs uh, you've set up over the years. Um, so I spoke to Steve Avery, the uh, club's Academy manager, on the phone earlier on today. Steve lets us know about the good work that the Academy uh, does. But first of all, also uh, tells us what they've got planned for this Saturday. Yes, well, we've got the Academy Day on Saturday, something that we've been running now for about 10 years uh, at uh, this time of year, usually, where a certain fixture is chosen. And it, it started off as a venture whereby I was particularly looking at the time to raise the profile of the Academy when I felt possibly the Academy was in danger of closing. But that's 10 years ago now. So it's it's moved on from that, whereby each year we feel that this is a day where we can profile the players to the uh, to the crowd obviously uh, there'll be 130 plus players walking around the pitch at half time so that the spectators see the extent of, of the program with a number of players and teams that are out there from 9 through to 23 plus the day itself there's some devotion to articles in the program obviously on the website in the build up through the week and it's, it's just all about still promoting the academy and and making the fans uh, well aware of what is just going on here. And, of course, I realise the fans are always very interested in us producing homegrown players and that and that Valley Gold is a supporters' organisation which has been so supportive and beneficial to us, uh, in particular, uh, over the, those last 10 years. What do you think it is that the... The Charlton Academy is, uh, you know, what makes it so special that it can offer to kids within the uh, the local area that makes them want to come and join the club. Well, it's not something you achieve in uh, in a short period of time. I, th- I think it's something we've built up over many, many years. Um, even before I came here eighteen years ago, I, th- I felt that the club had a had a good reputation for producing young players. When you go back to the days of, say. Lee Bowyer himself and Paul Walsh and when I was arriving you had Scott Parker and Paul Kancheski uh, appearing on the scene um, so so what I've tried to do along with obviously many other staff contributing over the years is build on what I thought was already a good reputation that we had you know throughout the community and, and catchment area um, there are many things over the years I feel that uh, we've done and done well um, it starts with recruitment. You've got to get the recruitment right. You then go into the importance of the coaching, which is obviously is vital. And I feel that uh, you know we've got a good uh, coaching program here that is challenging to the players uh, and delivered by some good quality coaches. So uh, I've been pleased with that, and obviously we've progressed that over the years. I feel an important thing that we've done well is is retained key members of staff. So I'm not just talking about myself. And uh, Obviously, I've been here quite a while. But I think if you have that longevity with staff, there, there's a chance that everybody's going to buy into the same values and beliefs and you can build on what you believe in to create the right culture. Obviously, Charlton have, like we say, had this reputation for bringing through players. Um how early do you think it is in a in a in a young player's sort of uh, career that you can spot that they have the talent? Because I mean, I was I saw the news about the the under thirteens and the fourteens going out to Argentina this week, and it's almost 
comes as a surprise. You, you forget that we have players that are that young within the academy. How early can you see the signs that they have got the potential to be a player that Charlton well, might want to be interested in? Yeah, we, we can only sign them at under, in the beginning of the under nine year, even though we can run a pre academy as clubs do at under seven and under eight, but you can't officially sign them until the under nine stage. And we, you know, the academy exists for players from under nine through to under under twenty three, in terms of their registration. But I suppose if you look at things statistically, there are very few players that do go on that whole journey from nine through to eighteen and twenty twenty one. Um, but we're proud of the fact that we do we do have players that that achieve that. I mean, Dylan Phillips would be the latest example there, who, who signed as an under nine. And he was at the pre-academy as well. And, of course, he's he's now in our first team, having just signed his most recent contract. So I do believe in, in long-term player development. And um, even though players will come to us at different stages and ages throughout that, they won't all come at under nine. Uh, I do think it's better if we can get them uh, into, into our programme at the young ages uh, without it necessarily being under nine. But I, I think that the better chances, I think, if we can get them on that journey younger in terms of our overall success. Obviously, uh, another example of the success of the academy recently is Carlin's move uh, to Huddersfield. Obviously, I mean, as as fans, obviously, it's disappointing. But I guess as uh, as someone from the academy, in a way, is it, are you quite proud to see when a player uh, progresses with the club that they are attracting interest from Premier League sides? Well, I'm, I'm pleased for the player that he's making another progressive step uh, in his career. And obviously, uh, when I look at the likes of Gomez, Concer, Lutman, Arta, Shelby, you know, who are playing in the Premier League or Championship, um, it adds to our reputation. Of course it does, and I'm very pleased for the players that they're proving, proving their worth at those levels. Like anyone else, I wanted Carlin to to remain here, in particular for this season. But it becomes very difficult, and I think what we have to accept is, you know, the fact is we are a League One club, and if a player can go on to make forty, fifty, and that's what Carlin had done over fifty appearances, then then I feel he's established himself in our first team, and if he's attracting the interest of of the clubs who are in higher divisions, then it is difficult. It's difficult to retain them, particularly when uh, the players themselves do see such a marvellous opportunity. And uh, with our academy itself, I mean, what, what would you hope that it can achieve within the next five to ten years? Do you think it's you've got a chance of going up a, a level in the category system? Well, we like to think so. There'll, there'll be a little bit more investment needed, a little bit more needed on the I feel facility side. But we've been going in the right direction uh, in terms of our facilities in the last three to four years. Uh, I feel we've got a training ground now that, although I think we're all in need, we, we recognise we're in need of a new building, but uh, nevertheless, I feel the training pitches and the 3G facilities that we've got, indoor facilities, are good enough. And of course, I feel that we've got players here that can can match and compete week in, week out against Category 1 Academy. So... It's an ambition. It's, it's been an ambition, not just of mine, but I think of the club. And, and I do hope that we can take that forward in that time, yes. Steve Avery there, the club's academy manager. Saturday's academy day here at the uh, the Valley against uh, Blackpool. We'll see all the uh, the young players will be paraded around the pitch on the day. Um, it goes without saying that Charlton's academy has always been... Uh, very impressive that the whole time I've been coming down here, you think of the the names, some of which Steve mentioned there, that have come through our doors uh, as young players, and a lot of them go on to, you know, have careers here or or go and better themselves somewhere else. So it's always been something that Trump fans have been very proud of. Yeah, definitely. And um, first and foremost, obviously, you support a club for their first team, um, but when you become a fan of a club and start to get to know them a little bit better I think there's a lot of Charlton that we can be very proud of we speak about the trust a lot as well and all the work they do but the academy to see those players come through is obviously a privilege and as you say some of the names that we've been lucky to see um, and then obviously as he said you know given the level of club we are those players naturally reach a point where they want to go on and, and better themselves and think they can do that at bigger clubs and you see people go off to the likes of Liverpool and um, Arsenal in the past as well 
obviously even Huddersfield now, you know, relatively club size, there might not be a lot of difference, but when you can make a jump up two divisions, then it's hard to begrudge them that move. Um, and as Steve said there, it's it's good to see them for a, for a little while here first. You know, people like Carl Jenkinson, who kind of came in, played a few games and then got sold on. You know, there was a reason behind that sale, but you don't really feel like you knew him in the same way that you knew the likes of Shelby or, or Gomez or, or players like that. So, yeah, it's obviously great to see them play. I, I am proud of the academy and it's always great when a player comes through, you know, like Lapsley and Morgan have done this year and you see them flourish in this first team as well. And it's it's nice that we're a club that continues to do that because I know, you know, the likes of uh, some of the big top four get those opportunities to see you know, the likes of Aguero and Silva and Sterling, but then there's the frustration of people like Phil Foden there. And, you know, whilst I'd love Charlton obviously to be up there and fighting for those sort of things one day, I, I still like the fact that we're able to bring those players through and give them a chance here. Nathan, obviously you're, you're someone who's actually quite interested mm. in, in the academy set up. Um, I mean, if there was anything you could change, we were talked about the, the fact that Charlton's in a, a Category 2, so we, we can mm. lose players to Category 1 quite easily, can't we? Yeah, and I think Steve touched on it there. I mean, for us to go on to that... Um level we do need a lot more investment in the in the background. I mean the wasn't Roland supposed to be building yeah, sort of, yeah. and that's been put on hold. I mean ah, so Roland. You, but the, to be fair, Was I mean like? you go in when you go in, you like you were saying, you've got the three G pitches that were never there once upon a time. Mm. So they and the indoor arena bit. But the building is still the same one that was used when Bowie was training. So it's just that one little building and it's the gym's probably the same size as the studio and I'm not even lying. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah we do we do need that because then you do protect yourself, but you do have to need you need the investment to go go with it. And it's true what he says. As much as frustrating it is, you sometimes you just can't get away from that. You you can go back to like Defoe when he was sort of poached by West Ham. It's always going to happen, but you protect yourself a lot more if you're in a category one. And mm. you never know, hopefully one day we'll have a, an owner that will push us onto that ne- next level. Yeah. We can all dream. Right, let's have another quick break here on Charlton Live. Still to come, we're going to hear from goalkeeper Dylan Phillips. We're also going to, of course, look ahead to Saturday's home game with Blackpool here at the Valley. We'll be back in 30 seconds. I want to elevate! Taken by Josh Cullen. Cullen swings it in towards the six yard box. It'll flip. Oh, oh Keith, it'll rebound oh, for the ball. Arriba yes! gets it in! Joe Arrivo pokes it home for the Alex. The corner from Josh Cullen was initially won by Arrivo. Off the bar, deflected back to the un- central midfielder who taps it in to make it Charlton 1, Doncaster 0. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Now, of course, uh, last Saturday here at the Valley, we drew one all with Southend United. A disappointing afternoon in the end, a frustrating one. Uh, but it was the first game since Dylan Phillips signed his new uh, contract here at the club. So not the end of the world. Um, Dylan obviously uh, disappointed with the way uh, that the game went, though. We will hear from him talking about his uh, contract in a moment. But first of all, he talks about the frustration of the one all draw at home with Southend. Obviously, it weren't, weren't the best of starts, and going behind always makes it difficult. Um, but even when we went behind, I still thought we'd win the game. Um, probably could have created more chances. It was a good goal from Reevesy. Um But yeah, just a frustrating afternoon, really. Even when there was 20 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, I still thought we would win the game. 
But yeah, no, frustrating afternoon, as you say. But we're going to have to move on now, and that's all, you, that's all we can do. Just keep it there, you've got to keep the concentration levels up, and you'll call into action towards the end there when Serbian could have nicked it. Yeah, of course. Obviously, we're going for the win, aren't we? So there's going to be opportunities for the opposition, even if they have only got one up front. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm in there to do, so... Food in the dressing room, frustration? Yeah, really disappointed, mate. Two disappointing results. Um, and two disappointing performances, really. I feel like we're, mu we're a much better side than we've showed the last two. Um, even though we're making it really difficult for the opposition, even at Fleetwood, they scored a goal, but they didn't really have much else. Um, and the same today, they've scored a goal and not really had much else, and we've had most of the ball. But it's frustrating. Um, obviously, there'll be people coming back into the side, which hopefully will help us out. But we've got a good group in there, and I'm sure we'll bounce back. 14 games to go now, so just got to take the next one as it comes. And uh, got a quick home game to try and, uh, I wouldn't say put things right, it's probably a bit too much of a stretch, but... Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, uh, yeah. Get back on track. Yeah, there's nothing better than playing at home, so hopefully we can uh, get three points on Saturday, yeah. Obviously for you, uh, signing a new contract in a week, um, we've spoken a few times after games, and before you've done that, uh, I'm sure all Charlton fans would be like that you've prepared the paper. Yeah, no, um, it was important for me, uh, we spoke about it for a long time now, so... Uh, yeah, no, obviously I'm over the moon, like I said yesterday, uh, delighted to extend my stay and and hopefully there's better things to come and hopefully there's better performances and better results than what it was today. The uh, the target, I mean, we're, we're still in the top six, we've got a bit of a gap between us, uh, top, yeah, the fifth, still a gap, Yeah. Um, but is this, the aim still the top two? Of course, we, we aim, our aim is to win every game to the end of the season and we believe that we can do that. Obviously, I'm not saying we're going to because that would be near on impossible, but every game we go into, we feel as if we can win. We don't feel as if there's many teams, if any teams, that are better than us in this league. So let's just take it game by game and, and try and win every one. And obviously, like today, we, we wanted to win it. We didn't, so we have to move on. We can't dwell on it. It's, it's, games are going to come around quick now and, and it, before you know it, it'll be the end of the season. So... Yeah, each game as it comes, and, and uh, we're going for three points in every game. Fine margins between winning and, and just a point. Um, you've got sneaking admiration for uh, your opposite number at the other end. Out. Yeah, no, he done really well. Yeah, he had a really good game. Uh, made two very, very good saves, so well done to him. No worries. Did you um, need any sort of assurances about how much playing time you're going to get before you signed your contract? Uh, you don't get that with, with football contracts. Um, Obviously, when I wasn't playing, it was on my mind. Now I'm playing. I feel as if if I keep doing as I am and keep on improving, then I will play anyway. So I don't take it for granted. Every time I play, I'm grateful. So, yeah, that, you can't really think about that. It's, it's, it's two and a half years more at a football club that I enjoy being at. So I'm more than happy. Obviously, the, the lady Maxwell that's come, that's come in, he's going to keep you on your toes, I guess, and that's the, the reason he's coming. Of course, yeah. Max, he's been great with me. He's a top, top pro and, and he's, he's helped me in training and we're battling with each other all the time. So he's only, he's only helped me and only made me a better goalkeeper. So, yeah. There we go. Dylan Phillips uh, speaking after last week's home draw with Southend United. And, of course, the fact that he has signed a new contract here at the club. I mean, as a, we're a big Dylan Phillips supporting show, really. Mm. Uh, we're all big fans of Dill, so great to see him finally put pen to paper. Yeah, absolutely delighted. And... When he came in at the start of the season and he was given the number one jersey, I was obviously happy for him. And then, and then Jed comes in and takes his place for, in my opinion, still no reason as far as I could tell. Um, obviously, I was then gutted to lose Jed because of the quality of keeper he was, but it gave Dills another chance. And then Maxwell comes in and uh, you could see it in, in the way Dills was talking. It, it just seemed like Maxwell... Bowie was waiting for an opportunity to play Maxwell and then uh, and that would be it really for Dills and I think we talked about it, it looked like the trust between him and the club had broken down but credit to Dills because the performances he put in meant that he kept his place um, whatever Boya or whoever has said to him about assurances about playing seems to have uh, have gone down well as well and yeah I'm absolutely buzzing for him because we just heard about Academy Day there and there's another one who's hopefully, or could be, our, our number one for a good few years to come. Mm, yeah, and uh, it, it does keep him on his toes, doesn't he, Maxwell? Um, hasn't really given away too much. This, I think he, he made one mistake at Fleetwood where he came out, and there's a bit of a mix-up between him and Solly. But I don't remember there was, if there was too many on, on Saturday. No, not really. I can't remember. No, I can't remember anything, to be honest. But, yeah, I mean, Maxwell's going to keep him on his toes, but I think it's important for Dills that if... 
if he does, you know, make a mistake, that it's not like right, that's it, you drop. Because mm. then, if that's the way it would be, then he's going to be nervous, and then yeah. it would just won't, won't help the situation. But I think he's he's done. Very, he's been solid. And I think you can definitely tell, well, in my opinion, for look at Sunderland and then you look at now, he's by far mm. a better goalkeeper. Mm. And um, I think, t- I agree with Tom, I think it'll be a number one if, it'll be our number one next year for sure and possibly the rest of this season. Excellent. Right, just before we start to focus on Saturday's home game with Blackpool, before the match, it's worth pointing out that you can go to the White Swan Pub up in the village. Of course, the uh, Chon Athletic Supporters Trust have been putting on events there over the last few home games. This Saturday, uh, it's some free music. Some live music being played uh, by the Live Wire, all sorts of different rock music and whatnot. 1pm uh, up at the White Swan Pub up in the village. Should be a real good uh, laugh and uh, good music as well. And it's a really nice pub in my opinion. There's loads of good pubs in the village and the White Swan is right up there. So the uh, the trust, the supporters trust putting on that, worth going. You'll get to meet loads of other Charlton fans and whatnot. Now before we just focus on Blackpool, there was some other funny news during the week that we all enjoyed. Uh, not really to do with Charlton anymore, but Katrine uh, Mayor uh, no longer employed at Sheffield Wednesday. That's a shame for her isn't it mm. I wonder yeah. what happened there because Big shock. yeah Steve Bruce uh, someone with a football brain English football manager came in and then bizarrely she was gone within a few weeks yeah I think it's um, just a just a theory I reckon she tried when when obviously Joss Lewis got sacked I reckon she probably tried getting Carol Fry in or something <laughs> I reckon she went, she went for the and job Riga, herself yeah Re- Re- Riga Fry lose on combo or like trio sorry so uh, but yeah but yeah like come come out of nowhere but if I'm brutally honest I don't really care yeah but I'm, well you say that now but I mean there is a vacancy up here yeah there, there is Imagine. a vacancy for CEO here and you know you, you don't oh. want that empty for too long do you so maybe maybe all's forgiven and Time to, time to come back. Maybe she get better with uh, experience. Surely, sure, surely Roland can't be that crazy. Surely, because I mean, I, I, it would just be, um, uh, be, so be weird. It would be weird. It'd be a cracking show. Then the yeah. next show after that happens, we'll be up there with one of the best. It'd be unique, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, excellent. Right, shame to see Katrine out oh, of yeah. a job, but you know she's. Uh, She's done that to other people before, hasn't she? So there we go. <laughs> right, um, Saturday, we're playing Blackpool. Now, as I was sort of saying at the top, now normally, um, we obviously we ring a journalist from the other team. Now, normally I speak to Matt Scrafton from the uh, Blackpool Gazette, uh, really knows the tangerines well. And then uh, I clicked on his profile during the week to send him a message to ask him. And then I looked at his the top tweet, and it said something about court date. When, so I was like, ah... I think he's going to be quite busy this week. And of course, Blackpool, uh, it's a really interesting situation there. Now, it would seem that the, the club are finally going to be free of the Oyston family that they've been protesting against for the last few years. You know, many Charlton fans would have seen that story uh, and understood how difficult it can be when your club's being run poorly. Now, Blackpool was all sorts of crazy going on there. Um, when when the, the side got to the Premier League under the uh, Oystons, uh, they had a co-owner as well called Valerie Bellicon. Um, during the time in the Premier League, I think it was only one season they were up there. Obviously, as soon as you get up there, you get a load of money. Now, um, what the Oysters were accused of and then subsequently found guilty of was, was basically stripping out the money in the club and paying themselves loads of money, taking that money into their other businesses uh, illegally instead of you know putting it within the club and, of course, involving their co-owner, Valerie Bellicon, within this. Now, the, they were found at court that the, uh, the owner, Owen Oyston, who's uh, the convicted rapist as well, he... Um, he was uh, told that he had to pay back, I think it was something in the region of £32 million pounds to Bellicon last year. Um, he, he made the first payment of however much it was, but he, was, uh, he still owed them something like £25 million, pounds, I think it was Bellicon now. Um, he was asked, uh, he, he was basically taken to court uh, by uh, Bellicon during the week. Uh, receivers, receivers have been called in to take his assets and to sell them. The only confusing thing about that is Bellicon has also failed the <laughs> proper uh, fit and proper person test himself. Uh, so I don't I don't think he'll be able to take the club, no, but the receivers have come in. They're going to take control of the club, sell it to someone else, give the money to Bellicon. Now, I mean, that's not the way things are going to happen at Cholton, unfortunately, because Roland hasn't done anything that naughty. Mm. Um, but it, it's so great to see Blackpool now. It, look, it looks like there's a real light at the end of the tunnel because I mean, we, we've, we've been to Gainesville over the last couple of years and it's just a ghost town at Bloomfield Road and you don't want to see any club in that situation. Nah, it's... Um... It's hard not to be jealous, to be honest, because uh, yeah, obviously we want that here, but I- I'm absolutely delighted for them as well because, as you say, we've seen seen what they've had to go through um, and 
my trip up there in December was the first time I'd been there and it was just bizarre. I mean, we didn't take a huge number up, but it looked like we outweighed the home fans. And it, it's so sad because the whole story with Ian Holloway and getting to the Premier League was such a celebration for, for the club, um, given their, their proud hi- history as well. And um, yeah, you're you're hard pushed to find an owner who's ruined a club more than Owen Oyston, really. Um, what he's done at that club is an absolute disgrace. Uh, it's great that he's been called out for it. Um, I'm not so fussed about the other owner and him getting his money, although obviously legally that needs to be done. But in terms of those fans and, and that club and the, the town, it's it's just brilliant for the, them. And the hopefully sur- it's the start of, of a re- yeah. re- rebirth now. Yeah, there's so much more that went on under the surface as well. The yeah. owners texting fans at one point with offensive language. There's all sorts of arguments going on. Uh, obviously the protests uh, have been taken all, all over the place. The EFL... Uh, you know, we have to speak to a Blackpool fan to see if they were happy with with what the EFL did. Now, the interesting thing about this is, and I'm not saying this because I I don't think it will happen, but because the club officially has gone into receivership, they are now liable to a 12 point penalty. Now, when you remember that they're sitting not too far behind us in the league table, um, if that were to happen, it, it might actually be good for us. Now, obviously, I I don't actually want to win like that. I don't. I hope it doesn't happen because it'd be greatly unfair on Blackpool as well because the idea being when a club goes into receivership administration whatever they get fined because it, see it would look like a way of an owner not trying to pay his bills and the club trying to get ahead by not spending their money now I don't think you can really argue that's what's happened here with Blackpool and this is some sort of dispute between two owners of the same club but you, you can hardly say that it's been a benefit to the club so I imagine when the EFL look at it with their discretion I imagine they won't take the, the points penalty I mean if they do, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Blackpool fans who say it's worth it to get rid of Owen Oyston anyway. But I'd be surprised if they do take that those points away from us. And I'd feel really guilty if we only got into the playoffs because that happened as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Because like you said, I think the general gist of a points deduction is, is for punishing clubs of... Uh, living beyond their means, isn't it? I so think they've been John, punished enough Blackpool for yeah. what they've come through. So, but the difficulty is, is then they've got to obviously strike a balance if there anything happens again mm. that they can't refer back. No, no other club yeah, can ever refer back go, well, you didn't give Blackpool it. So um, I, I'd imagine they probably will. I, if they'd done 12 points, I would say that's harsh. But again, how do you measure? Because it's not like they've, again, spent beyond their means and got all of these players on big contracts they've hardly they hardly had a team do you know what I mean so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out but I'm with you I'd rather us win fair and square because um, if, if we win Saturday we'll have quite a decent little cushion there and then um, but who knows because it'd be interesting if, if we win on Saturday Blackpool fans might even say we'll take it because we're not going to make it now. Mm. So I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I hope it doesn't happen because mm. you just want to play by win fair and score. Obviously, looking so. ahead to the game itself, uh, Blackpool unbeaten in six, uh, beat us obviously up at Bloomfield mm. Road. I think it was in December we went up there, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. Um, n- not a bad team actually. They haven't really got too many out and out star players. I mean, Nangelay scored a great goal from Sunderland during the week, though a, mm. a respectable one-all draw away there. He's, he's their top scorer in the league with seven. Um, but they, they were a difficult side for us to play against, weren't they, when we when we went up there? Yeah, they were. And uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly what the team was, but I know Toby Stevenson started at left-back and he struggled against whoever was playing out wide for them. Um, and they did. They made it very difficult. I mean, the conditions didn't help. It was, it was freezing, it was windy, it was raining. Um, typical Blackpool weather, really. Um, and hopefully it will be a bit different on Saturday. Um, obviously home, we've got a good record here. Got some players coming back, which I'm sure we'll speak about a bit later as well. So I think on paper we are the better side. It's whether we can regain that form that we'd seen through through most of January and has let us down a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But as you say, they're on a very good run as well. Um, very good draw uh, against Sunderland in a week as well. And, and they're on a good little bit of form. I don't think they've lost since early January either. So it's going to be a game between two two good sides, I think. And you're right, they are going to make it difficult for us, particularly coming to an away ground, as we've seen plenty of teams do here over the season. But more often than not, we found a way through and just got to hope on Saturday it'll be the same. Right, let's have a look ahead to it from a Charlton uh, point of view. And the Addicts boss Lee Bayer speaking about the game today. Well, starts off actually, he was answering, he was asked if uh, the 12 point uh, deduction that could be looming over Blackpool will affect them ahead of Saturday's game here at the Valley. I don't think it uh, make much of a difference. I think they've obviously been aware of what's been going on there for a while. Um, 
they're on a good run because they're a good side. So that that doesn't change on what's going on behind the scenes. So uh, I don't think it'll make any impact at all. But that could certainly impact on the promotion race, could it not? Uh, well, yeah, it could affect whether they could get into the playoffs or not, obviously. But, um, but again, that's... that's that's out of our hands, that's out of their hands and that has no effect on, on Saturday's game at all. Um, but them as a football club, yeah, that's that's something that they're going to have to deal with but it's nothing to do with me or, or, or my football club. So, uh, But concentrating on the football side, that, like you said, they're, they're on a good run. Went to Sunderland on Tuesday and uh, got a very good result. With regard to your own squad, Charlton will be boosted by the return of Lyle Taylor and Patrick Bauer from suspensions. That's a big boost for you, but on the other side of the coin, Christian Bielik starts a two-game suspension. Yeah, lost um, Christian. He's a very competitive lad. Um, he's going to pick up bookings. That's football. Um, Patrick comes back in. So he's had a bit of a break. And obviously Lyle coming back in is we've missed him you know um, that's obvious to, to, to miss your, your top striker is, is always going to be difficult um, it's just bad timing for us we was unlucky regarding the Carlin situation as well so we we we, we had to shuffle things around and, and try and make things work um, but yeah Lowell's been out for a while now it seems a lifetime away since he last kicked a ball for us, so um, I'm, I'm sure he's. Uh, well, I know he's he's like a kid at a sweet shop. Just can't wait to get in there and and, and get going. So um, yeah, he he'd be flying on Saturday. This week you pulled no punches regarding the performance levels of certain players and Tariq Forsu in particular. He's often been described as unplayable. What are you demanding from him? To be that, to be unplayable. Um, but it's been tougher to eat this season. He's been in and out of injuries, and and um, and his form hasn't been what it was last season. That, that's obvious to see, um, which is frustrating because you you do know what he's capable of, and the, the problem we have, you can't just keep leaving them in the side if they're not doing well you, you can't um, we ain't got that time we, we have to win every game we go out there to win every game and, and like I said before we have competition for places and um, Tariq's no different and that was the whole point of, of building the squad that we have if you ain't on it and you ain't performing then you don't play it's, it's that simple that's not just this club that's every club Wherever I went, that was it. You, you play well, well, you don't play. Um, so yeah, it's it's not just Tariq, it's, it's everyone in a in a squad that, that have to perform, otherwise they don't play. How close are you from having Joe Rebo and uh, skipper Jason Pierce available? Um, Joe Rebo's trained this week, uh, so he'll be in the squad. He's got through training, so uh, Pierce is playing in a 23 game tomorrow. So he's trained this week as well, but he, he wants to get a game under his belt before he starts being involved. Um, so he, he's doing that tomorrow, so hopefully he gets through that OK. And then he'll be in the, in the squad next weekend. Don't want to tempt fate, but are you seeing light at the end of a long, long, dark tunnel? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're starting to get them back and, and everybody back at the, the right time. Because it's, it's going to be tough now between now and the end of the season. We've got to win a lot of games. And we're capable of that, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm happier now than I was maybe four or six weeks ago for sure. Have you set a target in your own mind about how many games you've got to win? Yeah, minimum of eleven. We want to get top two. We've got to win minimum of eleven of the last fourteen. Um, last three because of the situation with our strikers. Then it's been tough, and we've dropped points. Um, you think like January we was only three points off 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 second spot, and, and we've let that slip, but we're still in amongst it. We're still capable of going on a big run, and uh, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm still, I still believe that we we can get the top two, but it's going to be hard. You, you uh, mentioned that well, Valtteri's back. Obviously, assuming he comes to the start eleven, you've seen Igor play a couple of games now. You've seen uh, Josh up close to training and, and half half the uh, weekend. Yeah. Do you are you any closer to understanding or knowing who who dealt well with with him? Um, Igor started Saturday and. I think it, it was difficult for him. I think fitness-wise, he, he's been out a long time, and we had no one else. We had to chuck him in there, chuck him in the deep end, and I think it was tough for him. I think Josh come on half time, made a good impact, starting to realise, and again in, in training all this week, he's realising what we want from him and and, and how we want to use him. So uh, yeah, it's competition, though. You know, it's like I said earlier on about. But uh, Tariq, when he was mentioned, it's the same up front. Basically, there's two spots between three of them. Best two will get it. There we go. Lee Bay are looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Blackpool here at the Valley. Plenty of talking points uh, out of that. And I'll go with the last point that he mentioned first. Uh, obviously, Lyle Taylor's back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's going to start because he's our best striker and arguably now our best player as well. Probably even our best player before that. Who plays alongside Lyle Taylor? Because... There's plenty of options out there. You've got Igor Vitekele and you've got Josh Parker. And you've got Rico Hackett-Fairchild. Well, yeah, well, it won't be Mark Marshall. I know that much after <laughs> Saturday's performance. Uh, it's interesting, yeah. Like, you'd say Igor to get some minutes under his belt. That would make more sense. But you, Josh made a good impact on Saturday. Um, and he obviously both said that he's, he, he's starting to get back into the in the rhythm of how we play. Um, I can still see him starting Igor. Yeah. Just to get minutes under his belt. Um, obviously, I'd rather. I think I'd rather Josh. But then the only thing is, if we're chasing a goal, do we look to the bench? And we we have only got Eagle. So um, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's not justification <laughs> to start someone. If they, I would just oh, rather he's start. Not good, him. He's not good enough to bring him off the bench, so we're gonna have to start him. <laughs> <laughs> we start. We haven't really got much choice. I just think Eagle needs minutes, and I ju- I would just. Unless you play, unless you play him on his own, and you have someone in behind him, like mm. you play Reeves and JW again, but I don't like that. I don't like one striker. I think we saw it. We saw <laughs> we it had enough Carlin. of that. We, we saw, yeah, we had enough of it with uh, with Carl, but we saw it with Carl and at Peterborough. Went. It didn't work no. for us at all, really. Um, Tom, do you have a choice? I think I, I agree with uh, Nave. I'd probably lean towards mm. Josh Parker. Mm. I uh, I agreed with him until that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I would. I'd like to see Josh, but Tell made a good point on, on Sunday that. Josh and um, Lyle are fairly similar players. Mm. But what I agree with Nath is I think just give Igor the minutes um, and bring Josh off the bench maybe once more. If he has another good cameo, I don't think you can argue of starting him the week after. But um, I'd like to see Igor and Lyle just to, just to see how they work together. Um, and because I think their their styles would complement each other as well. Mm. I think because they, just going back, they did start together at Luton away. Yeah. And I thought they Igor played actually okay. He was coming a lot shorter and Lyle was going more of... Just think how onwards. good he would have been if he'd come off the bench. <laughs> but this is what I mean. He's still... That, 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 and that was when he was a little bit fitter. So this is what I mean. It's it's hard and that's the sort of situation we're in at the moment which makes it so frustrating. Mm. Now, of course, in the midfield, uh, Rebo back in the squad. In, in, indeed, uh, Cliff Scales tweeted in saying, I'm looking forward to seeing the midfield of Williams, Cullen, Reeves and Rebo mm. on Saturday. Now, I mean, Rebo back in the squad doesn't necessarily mean he'll start. Obviously, Josh Cullen, having been out for a few months... All, all of a sudden came back and started. Aribo's injury was uh, was uh, somewhere on his leg, wasn't it? I can't remember which one it was now, but means it would have been harder for him to have kept his fitness up, uh, unlike Josh Cullen, who had the shoulder injury and therefore was pretty much able to do the running that he needed. Um, but, I mean, it's an option. It's a, you know, which way do you see us going? With You'd imagine, obviously, with Billick out suspended, that Cullen will go into that defensive mm-hmm. midfield uh, position. And then I... I Will Fosu get another go after his telling off last week, or will Williams play in ten, or will Williams go into the bottom of the midfield, in the middle of the midfield, and then Fosu play in ten? I'd love to see that four that, that Cliff just suggested there. Um, I don't know whether he will play that because, as you say, Aribo is still relatively fresh from that injury and, and obviously needs to play his way back into match fitness. I think they're they're probably our four most dangerous players. But when you look at those four and think. You've still got Fosu, who okay isn't in the best of form, but we know what he can do. You've still got Lapsley and Morgan. Lapsley, who looked, you know, so decent at the start of the season, and then has just been lacking opportunities. Really, I don't think he's still not had a bad game. Albi, when he comes on, sprays the ball around really well. 
So we've got so many options in there still, um, which I, I think is so exciting. But for me, I'd be playing Cullen at the base and then maybe Williams uh, uh, kind of in the 10 role and then uh, Reeves and Arebo, uh, <laughs> like either side of the diamond probably. And then Bauer coming back into the defence, obviously uh, after his one-game suspension for his uh, red card at Fleetwood, always going to help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a simple simple sort of swap really for Christian um, a bit disappointed with, with Christian getting suspended but he has been frustrating me in recent weeks in terms of he's tight he's dallying on the ball a little bit but um, yeah Bayer wasn't too happy was yeah he? I mean it's just it's, it's, I, I don't know if it's anyone else but he does this same Cruyff turn every week and it really annoys me but he's miss, he's, he's, we're gonna, he's gonna be a miss he's a yeah. big presence in that how middle dare one of our players <laughs> try to emulate the great, <laughs> the great you, well, you could do it but it's not in the positions <laughs> yeah, he does it edge sometimes of the six yard box. when he's got like no one behind him I just him, said Jordi Cruyff instead of Johan Cruyff I got his son when he wasn't as good yeah <laughs> well, for United <laughs> There we go. Right, let's have your predictions very quickly, lads. Tom, you're first. Uh, 4-0 Charlton. Lovely, lovely job. Well, what was in that cake? Yeah, they'll put the uh, Blackpool fans back in, the, back in their box. I've been happy. Yeah, I'll go for, I'm going to go for a late 1-0. Late 1-0 to, to Charlton, yeah. Charlton, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Right, we've run out of time here on Charlton Live. The big match preview. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Nathan, kept your potty mouth to yourself this week. So, yeah, well w- done. Wait until these mics go off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make sure they're off quick yeah, yeah and uh, yeah thank you so uh, Tom yeah. thanks for coming in cheers mate Nathan well done see you later mate uh, thanks cheers. for listening to us on uh, your Valentine's Day I hope that the, the real love of your lives Charlton Athletic get three points on Saturday I've been Louis Mendes we shall see you back here on Sunday evening When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.